0: Hello and welcome to Clean Your Fucking House Bitch with Nancy, Kevin, and Lou. In our program, we get real about the challenges of life and living. Your mind is the most powerful tool you have to ensure you are on your desired path for success and satisfaction. Yet, from the day you are born, you gradually and subconsciously fill it with tons of useless shit that gets in your way. Why is that? How can you clean that mess up? We'll show you how. Get ready to clean your fucking house.
1: Hi, everybody. Welcome and thanks for joining us today. As we're embracing this new day, we're thinking about how to be your authentic self. And it seems it should be simple, right? Seems we should all be able to just be who we are and life should be uncomplicated, but it's not. So how do you be your authentic self at work? How do you do it in your personal life? How do you remain professional and how do you enjoy the space you're in? That's what we're going to knock around today. Um, Guys, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if there's times in your work environment where you feel that you're not comfortable to speak up
2: oh my god yes (laughs) yeah
1: i love it we got you both so yes and uh what did you say kev
2: i said yeah there there have been times for sure not not from the standpoint of like being scared but in certain situations when you don't feel heard i think you kind of shut down at least I do. And I stop wasting my energy trying to come up with ideas or voice my opinion when it just goes nowhere. Yeah,
0: that's I think for me, oops, sorry, I was just going to add, Kevin mentioned not out of fear. Some of mine actually were out of fear because early on in my career, uh, I was afraid to speak out because of this, I guess I'll call it the sign of the times. Meaning this was back years ago when in the field that I was in is very conservative and there was uh, and dominated by older white men. So there was a lot of misogyny, homophobia, xenophobia. I mean, all the isms and the obias you can think of. And I would literally hear jokes and I would cringe. But I'm like, man, I just started working here. What the hell am I going to do? Very very tough situation. I I think nowadays people may feel more empowered to kind of speak up, but I think there's still an element of fear, like folks don't want to lose their job.
1: Well, there's definitely more awareness, right, to what's appropriate to say and how not to be judging and criticizing and um, I don't know the right word, but, but really being able to embrace people of all kinds in the workplace. And I'm sure, Lou, that there's years not too far ago where stuff was said in the workplace where it felt uncomfortable.
0: And and you know what? And it was said without care, meaning I when I first started working, they put me in a environment where I was actually an executive role because they it wasn't for lack of space or anything like that. It was more that my boss, it was only me and her administrative assistant. And so I was like becoming her right hand analyst and then expected to grow and move and move up. And she thought that was the best physical place for me. But as I mentioned, Executive row back then, to a degree now as well, though, there was about eight offices. Hers was one of them. The other seven were all older white men. So more of so there was a lot of jokes. And and sadly, when my boss wasn't around, women jokes, and again, they weren't afraid to say them loud enough, even in front of other females who were say lower on the totem pole, like other uh, administrative assistants, things like that. So we're, you know, we're all looking at each other like, what the fun? But again, that just to be seemed to be a sign of the times to a degree.
1: My heart rate is accelerating just listening to that. Honestly, because <laughs> it just sounds fucked up. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it
0: was. <laughs> it was, and I'm thinking, damn, is this 1950s, 60s instead of 80s, 90s? What the, yeah, what the
2: fuck?
1: Before you said jokes were the thing, what came to mind when you said it was seemed like it came without care? What I wondered was, was it really that they didn't care, or do people? A, not know what they don't know, so say things without thinking, not that they didn't care what they weren't thinking, so freely say stuff that, if they thought about, they wouldn't say, or are they really just um, ignorant and selfish?
2: Well, going, going back to what we started with, which is being authentic, when you started doing the intro with that i'm i'm thinking like you know who who are we authentically like what does that mean our authentic selves and for the people that were in the environment you were in Lou what comes to mind for me is you know that is just a small showing of the environment that they probably grew up in and how their families operate and the circles they surround themselves in and there might've been maybe half of the people that were cracking jokes or laughing or whatever might've even been uncomfortable, but then they don't want to be shunned away from the in group. So they just go along with it. And I, I find that for me, even, you know, I've worked on trying to redevelop my belief systems and how I approach life and how I think about things. And there are still, there are a lot of, ways I look at things and perspectives I have that pop up based on old programming. And so I have to be very conscious about who I want to become and how I handle things. And it takes a lot of effort and courage and strength to ignore the shit that is old, that you don't want in your life. You know, the old jokes, all that type of shit that, you know, a lot of it comes from judgment. I think Nancy already said the word judgment and how do you become more open, more accepting, more compassionate and loving to everybody, despite having grown up in an environment that maybe didn't have a lot of those characteristics, you know,
0: I, I agree. I think made it, it out came though, from a place more of, huh? yeah, well, and, and, and I don't, wanted to come off as something that was every day, all the time, so toxic that people had to seek help for it. Although I had one of those situations as well, <laughs> maybe a story for later in the program, but again, it wasn't like um, it was done all the time or I, I truly believe it wasn't done in a way that was meant to be hurtful. Exactly. What you said is that's their own upbringing It was probably accepted behavior for many, many years and not meant to to be offensive. And I still think that's also the case with a lot of things that are said today. I don't think people come from a place of intending to hurt others. It's just not phrasing things in a way. And I think you brought this up before as well, which in relation to our topic today is where do you draw the line? In other words, we can't have everything we say be offensive to everyone else and have to worry about that. We should be able to say things and not worry about offending other people. My thing has always been, well, if you say things in a in a way that actually isn't delivered in an offensive way, what's wrong with that? You know, certain words can be said, which if you say that some word, that same word one way in a different way, to me, they have completely different meanings, how they're delivered. Um, so yeah, I I agree. It is more basis of how they were raised. Um, so in relation to this again, it's more, okay, is my authentic self knowing that, understanding that, say, well, you know what, I can move on from that, maybe zone it out and grow in my own way back then, not having the tools and things I have now. I didn't know what I didn't know, but I can look at it now and say, you know what? That's really their issue, not mine. And if I was to maybe speak up a little bit, that would have been okay. I could have been even my authentic self. Uh, But, you know, I don't think there's any, no regret on my part for not having done that, which is a little different from say authenticity.
2: If you're authentically not a confrontational person either, then you're not going to want to speak up. And it gets complicated, especially talking about the workplace, because I'm a big believer in the only, like, we have to have control or be able to choose our own emotions. And that includes not allowing things that other people say to negatively impact or influence us at the same time. You know, when you're working, you want to be in a place where you're not being judged and you can just engage with what you need to do every day without worrying about what people are going to say, you know, or throw your whole day off or something. A variety so like of
1: reasons. Oops, sorry, Kev, you were frozen and we moved on, but we'll come back to you. So 64 ah, perfect, were, Excellent. We're afraid to um, be their authentic selves at work pre-COVID. Now they're saying that ultimately maybe this work from home environment is conducive to helping people be their authentic self because statistics are now showing about 92% of employees um, working remotely feel that they find it easier to be their true selves. So maybe there's something about the physical space we're in and or the people that we're around that allow us to be more authentic. Maybe that helps.
2: Um, very
1: interesting yeah i think so too give us a rundown kevin i'm sorry that we lost you in the middle there
2: you were both frozen on my screen i was like i'm just gonna keep on talking maybe they can still Uh, hear me (laughs) (laughs) no i was just saying it gets it gets complicated because i'm a believer in um like us being able to choose our own emotions and not allowing what others say or do to like negatively impact or influence us but in the workplace you know, environment is huge. And if you're around a negative environment constantly, it's probably going to have some type of effect on you. And so it's important to have a, you know, more positive culture. And I think for people in general, like Lou, where you were working, that place might just not have been a good fit for you and and the person you are and, you know, the way that you carry yourself and your emotional frequency and everything. So I think a big part of us finding the fulfillment and comfort is to put ourselves in the right environments. You know, you can try to fight things for so long, but eventually if you're in a really negative place every single day, it's going to have some type of influence on you.
1: Yeah. You said it earlier, Kevin, about, um, so, like what you do is you shut down, that people pull back because they say, okay, if I'm unheard or they don't care, they're not listening to me or they don't respect me, then I'm not going to contribute. And, um, Unfortunately, in that moment, I felt both memories of a real experience in a relationship, which is now my divorce, but yeah, started to shut down and pull back because I thought, I don't need to contribute to something that's going nowhere. And I've had similar work situations where I can see that environment happening. People in charge were so full of their own agendas that they weren't in tune with the, with the team. And then the team, not just me, but others too. But then it was like, what are we doing? And the environment isn't always um, a pleasant place to work when that happens.
0: Reminds me a little bit of some of the other conversations we had, which is at what point do you kind of draw the line in two ways? One, how far do you feel comfortable going and being your authentic self, which I would argue we we shouldn't feel like we should go all the way. I mean, there's a lot of things that people would otherwise say and do that just are not conducive to the work environment, first of all. And I've always thought that, like, when I'm at work, I have my work head on. When I'm at home, I have my home head on. But when you see or hear certain things, I don't think it's a problem to speak up. But then if you're in that environment, like you said, Nancy, and it keeps going on, at what point do you say, I'm out of here? Because I can't be maybe even remotely or a little bit more my authentic self. I mean, it's an interesting dividing line when we think about it. What are
1: the actions between acknowledging it and wanting to facilitate some sort of change and being out of there too, I guess, you know, I'd love to think there's something in the middle to support um, everyone being able to feel safe and comfortable, voice their opinions and collaborate and work together.
2: I think the good thing too, is that the, the paradigm is shifting where, you know, the employees have the majority of the of the say and in, in how businesses operate. And there's a lot more influence with uh, culture in the workplace. And there's so much opportunity that if you are in a position where you're completely unfulfilled, there's pretty much unlimited options for you as, as an employee or to find something that is a better fit for you or to create your own thing. I mean, you can really make money doing anything nowadays. And I think most businesses that will continue to be in business and thrive are the ones that are going to be focusing on culture and making sure that it is positive. Because, you know, especially since COVID, I feel like people really got a taste of the unexpected and were forced to face situations that they may have thought of like not working in a certain place. They were forced to, if they were laid off or something, and they were able to confront that situation from a different perspective than what they had mentally prior to being pushed into it. So people woke up and they're like, like, I feel better not having to be in a negative environment constantly, you know, and a lot of people were, Push to be motivated to try to figure something else out for themselves and their families. So there was a lot of positivity, I think, that came from that. But now I think a lot more people are unwilling to sacrifice so much time of their lives to something where they're not appreciated, they're not engaged, they're not enjoying it, they don't feel like they're valued or maybe bringing value. And so there's a big push right now for people to find something more meaningful.
1: I believe, I want to believe that you're right. And I think it is truer with, with a generation younger than mine. <laughs> um, I think that happens. I'm right in the middle somewhere where, you know, I, I grew up following this thing that you your goal was to find an organization and stay with it with and longevity was the goal and it's not anymore and that's okay it's very acceptable but and I see it and I live it and I support it but I'm also at a weird middle place with it.
0: Yeah Nancy that we're on the same page where I grew up in that environment where you work somewhere, when you started working somewhere. No matter how it was, great, poor, toxic, you stayed there, you got your pension, you left, of course, there's a lot of dynamics around the financial aspect where now we have 401ks, we don't have defined benefit plans with pensions and so forth. But yeah, that was the mindset. So, you know, our generation is almost like that transitionary generation. You know, what Kevin brought up speaks volumes to those statistics you just mentioned. And in some ways, sadly, it's a a dual, what's the word? It's great in some ways and still needs some some areas of improvement in others. What I mean by that is from 60 to 90% increase in feeling better, more authentic, because now we're working from home. And I'm sure that contributed to a lot of what employers saw as increased productivity as opposed to decreases. When I thought, oh, people working from home, they're not going to be working all the time. They're going to be doing lousy work and this and that and this and that. And actually, people were more productive. But then sadly, we kind of have that other side. Well, okay, now you're home all alone. You don't have that social aspect of having in-person meetings with folks. And, you know, it's a it's a interesting dynamic. You know, fortunately, we we live in a day and age now where we have video calls and video conferencing. I still don't think it's the same as in person. But
1: it's better than the phone. I can give you that.
0: Yeah. And as you mentioned, you can still be authentic self in that environment more so.
1: I think another authentic way that surfacing that I'm seeing happen a lot, and definitely with people I'm working with and and other companies as well is because you can work from home, it's really recognized that you can work from anywhere. And so people are traveling and they're living for six months here and doing a stint and spending a month there and doing a stint. So they're going around the world and going to places and they're traveling, you know, like, um, a direct coworker this week is just going to be working from Mexico City because she has some other things that they want to do there. Someone else is going to be working from Guatemala, you know. And how cool is that? <laughs> I
0: have to say that would be my ideal environment, and I'm actually searching for that. Is a, a situation where I can literally work from wherever. You know, I, I, I may have shared with both of you. I'm in a situation now where I may need to have my mom and my handicapped brother either come live with me or me actually. Go They'll live with them and that would necessitate an employment or working situation where, yeah, I can either travel or um, be able to pick up at a moment's notice that kind of flexibility. But it's great that we, you know, folks are able to do that now.
2: There's a lot of opportunities out there that are remote. Mm -hmm. I think it, I think it's a huge perk to have that flexibility and freedom. I think that was something that was lacking.
0: I remember working for companies, and again, this is in line with Nancy, us being the transitionary generation, is someone would ask to work remotely because of a family situation, or they were they were shot down right out right out of the gate. And some of these <laughs> folks are really high performers. They literally could get 40 hours of work done in 20 hours, and you know, they were take adopted a kid or whatever the case may be, and they were shot down I'm like, oh my goodness. You really want to sacrifice good workers over something like that? Like Kevin said, it took COVID to really open up the eyes of a lot of people, workers and employers, leaders, everything to say, wow.
1: To trust Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. about trust. And what that did was show that people can will and do work and that they can get the work done and that the businesses can still run. And and they were forced to trust and it and it worked.
0: Nancy, but I don't how, think we heard from you yet in terms of a story where you were not your authentic self, or was it uh, the story of your marriage?
1: Oh, no. I mean, that <laughs> was a huge question mark. It it was a struggle where I recognized that I was questioning myself and then realizing, why would you, why would you be questioning yourself? Like, what's causing that? And then I realized, oh, wait, that's not okay. Something has to change. So that was definitely different. But um Gosh, I think that just feeling like we have a safe place, that it's okay to share your opinions, to be able to have conversations and collaborate, and um, people don't feel safe. You know, I don't know what is it that makes us feel safe, but I would say even today, I'm still an on-guard kind of person. I have defense walls I tend to build, and I'm cautious about what I share, but I think, Lou, you said it earlier. It's about just recognizing the environment you're in. What's appropriate for that environment? They might ask, how are you today? What's going on? The full answer isn't appropriate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That might be <laughs> for a different place. Sometimes I will share, well, when, when we're having cocktails, this, and this is going on. But for today,
0: <laughs> isn't <laughs> that funny? funny. That's always seems to be just a question people ask and they really don't want the true answer. It's just more like a hello question. <laughs> I always thought, how well, are I think you today? Two,
1: I think that's twofold. I think that's very true just in general about people here and that's a shame, but I think also there is a work environment where it's important to recognize what you should share and shouldn't share. Um, and how much of your personal life needs to come with yeah. that. It's okay to say you're having a hard day and things are tough and um, it's impacting you. It, maybe we don't need the details behind it to be able to support you. And I think, you know, we can be respectful and supportive of someone who's having a tough day without having to have their drama unloaded.
0: I have a question for both of you. I'd love to hear how your authentic self has changed over the years, or do you feel it hasn't? And you have a, a firm set of beliefs and values and morals that you've kept up consistently.
1: I'm going to say making a career change from a more corporate environment to, um, you know, really coaching related lifestyle has allowed me to feel and be my authentic self more freely because there's less judgment because there's less criticism because there's less, um, pressure to be something other than what you really are too. So, um,
0: But has your authentic self changed or did you just feel more comfortable to be your authentic self? That's a good question.
1: That's a good question. And how to define the difference? I'm not sure because I feel freer. I feel different. But maybe it's just because I'm less restricted.
2: How about you, Kevin? I think that I think my authentic self is a constant work in progress. I think with every challenge I overcome, I grow. I have a different perspective, and I'm still, you know, I still feel like I'm trying to figure everything out. You know, like I feel like I have a strong grasp on a lot of the things that help elevate me, but I'm still building. I mean, just a couple of years ago, I quit my job that I was in forever to pursue something that could provide more fulfillment, and so I'm still on that path and. Still very challenging, um, but I definitely do think that I have changed for sure over the past few years tremendously, and I don't see that slowing down. I, th- you know, you guys know I fucking question everything and look into everything, regardless <laughs> if it is it seems like fucking bullshit. You know, if I've never looked into it, how can I make that assessment unless I've experienced things or learned about something? So, you know, I think more or less my authentic self right now is coming from a questioning perspective and not trying to hold on to firm belief systems that I might have adopted over time that I didn't choose. So for me, the authentic part is being conscious and committed to creating my belief systems and my habits. And who I am and what I do instead of just allowing it to kind of develop over time organically feel like organically, you know, I mean, like naturally it occurs versus being very like conscious and aware of creating it, being the creator of it. I think that all makes sense.
1: Consciously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think you can consciously choose to make changes and guide your Self on a different path, and also have space for it to unfold organically, yeah,
0: yeah i I feel that I'm different in many ways now than I was many years ago, and you know, almost kind of answer my own question. I'm not sure if that means it's a change in my authentic self or more just a, a growth, as you mentioned, Kevin, and okay, I'm always developing and growing and taking feedback and incorporating and becoming a better person, et cetera, et cetera. But there was a time many years ago. Probably at the point I left home and started my life as an adult, where I would, and you guys are going to love this. I had conflicts with family members. No way. <laughs> uh, I don't believe it. But uh, but in a way that was was very damaging. More so for me, could have been for them, but of course, I don't know. I'm not in their head, but damaging for me. And despite my constant struggle with that, because I, in my own mind, thought, well, if I try harder to convey maybe where I'm coming from, even using facts and figures and information and actual experiences and all this stuff that I thought would be a way to do that, it still didn't work. And I'm talking years, maybe even decades. I reached a point where I said, you know what, then? Yeah, as as we always talk about, we can only control ourselves. We can't control others. I need to change. Or I need to change how I approach that. And it became a situation where I said, you know what, then? Okay. You have these opinions. You have these viewpoints. You have your own alternate reality. I'll simply accept that. And, you know, you're still my family. I love you and all that. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, it's almost like now I just kind of let it go. Whoop, okay. There it is. On to the next subject. Because that created a lot of tension, emotional challenges for me. And I'm like, that's not a good way to live.
1: It sounds like you became comfortable with your own personal boundaries and we can be impacted by the things around us or we can choose not to be because we're only can control what we say and do. And it's hard sometimes because those things do influence us and do impact us. But it sounds like you chose to look at them differently.
0: Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about it is uh, I, I'm going to have to go here because I think this is necessary for this conversation. Part of it was <laughs> feeling that, and I'm going to speak about my mom because this is a good deal of it is in relation to her. I felt that in kind of in line with what we talk about employers that I wasn't either appreciated or that she wasn't proud of me for some of the my own choices I made. And I thought I have to convince her otherwise, because I don't want her to go to her deathbed feeling that that way. And I'm like, man, that can't happen. So I would constantly try to uh, change her mind. I'm like, you know what? That ain't she has to change it on her own or she has to come to a a conclusion that uh, in her way that I am who I am. I'm going to do the make my own choices and live my life and make my my work decisions, professional, all that stuff. And she has to accept that, even if it means on her deathbed, she still feels otherwise. Because in my mind, I said, oh, my God, goodness, if she gets there, that's going to kill me. Not literally, of course, but figuratively, meaning I'm going to feel so even more emotionally damaged if we can't reconcile by that point. Now I'm like, you know what? If the reconciliation isn't there, me feeling better about my being, my authentic self is more important, of course, for my own mental health than me needing to convey that, uh, someone else accepts that. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally.
1: Totally. I have two questions. I'm going to forget one, but, um, so have you ever talked with her about it?
0: We have. And you know, what's interesting is the way we had our conversations earlier when, when all this started and I'm sure a lot of it, my poor mom, you know, she has a, her own background and experience that a lot of it, she didn't share. Which is another facet of this is my understanding, well, she's coming from a certain place, similar to how we talked about with uh, the folks I used to work with. Well, it's how they were programmed. She was programmed a certain way. I learned how to better communicate with her in that way, as difficult as that is. I know I share with both of you and our viewers, sorry, our listeners out there, how challenging it is for me. I feel like, you know, I'm the only one in the world who has these challenges speaking to family, communicating but it took many years, but it finally got to a point where at least it was more tolerable and we could have certain conversations and move in that direction. But I realized like a lot of things we talk about, it baby steps. I can only go so far with my own questioning of her and her questioning of me before I said, okay, this is going to escalate. Let's stop. So you know, like it did identifying
2: improve. it before it gets out of control.
0: Exactly. I think that takes a lot of skill and we're For still sure. moving in that direction. but. Uh, I'm like, you know what at least I feel better about the whole thing.
2: you know yeah. what? Family can be difficult, I feel like because you've you feel like there's an attachment or maybe there is an attachment, but I look at any type of relationship where it should be mutually beneficial and respectful and positive for all people involved. but with with family, I feel like even if there's people in our family that we don't resonate with we try to force relationships and i don't know if it's a societal thing or an evolutionary thing but perhaps looking at our relationships with the people in our lives whether they are there by chance that we have similar relatives or not you know is it is it beneficial should i continue to keep trying with a sibling that is never there for me that just takes and takes and takes and is never there when I need them. Is that a good relationship to have? And I think a lot of people look at it like, well, it's family. It's blood is thicker than water type of shit. And to me, it's like not, you know, like there's people that are friends that are not related that are always there for you and you're always there for them. And to me, that's family. You know maybe not the literal definition but that those are the people that you should surround yourselves with and it gets again yeah it gets very complicated like a mother a mother's relationship with their child i mean the bond there or what there should be how do you analyze that you know how do you look at it objectively you know it's difficult
1: for sure. It's complex, right? My, my thoughts changed the minute you said the mother relationship, Mm -hmm. because I was thinking about siblings and I know you're right. And people, myself included, hit our heads against the wall, trying to re-establish relationship with siblings that isn't. And I think it comes back to the authentic self, but we're not, our authentic selves aren't aligned. And so we just don't line up, you know, we're, we're, we are related. We want to have a relationship because of it. And then we just aren't enough alike to be
2: able to. And we all know people. Sorry. We know those people in our lives that we've, that we've experienced where you are on a path of growth or change and you're wanting to do better for yourself. And there's people that try to hold you back or don't want you to change. And, there was a quote I heard it was something along the lines of like the people like the you the version of you that they can control a lot of people in our lives they like the version of us that that they can control and once you build yourself up and create that strength and live more authentically for you i think a big part of personal development and self care is understanding that as you change your path that does not mean that everybody in your life is also going to change theirs to go along with you, you might separate paths, even if it's for a little while, that could happen. And to prepare yourself for that. And Nancy, you mentioned boundaries. I feel like boundaries is a huge part of being able to maintain some type of positive relationship with people as you grow, and maybe they don't.
0: And I think if both people understand, Nancy, like with siblings or even parent, child those differences and say, you know what? It is what it is. I accept. I may not agree with you, but I accept you and I accept your opinions and viewpoints. You know, as long as they're not life-threatening or dangerous, you know, where you're going to go out and harm someone else or harm yourself, to me, that's perfectly okay. So as long as both people are in that place, that's fine. And if they're not, then I agree with Kevin, which I think he said this. I'm not sure that, you know what? Cut them off or at least distance yourself enough where you're not Exposed to that toxicity. I didn't
2: say it, but I meant it. it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, I, said I was it.
1: gonna say he was not that harsh.
0: <laughs> I had to cut off. Well, of course, you two are gonna be like, no, no surprise, man. I had to oh. cut off actually a few family members. Not, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, one of them is you know who. Yeah. Um, but for that reason, but like my story, I shared with my mom. We're slowly regrouping, in a way, though that is not the same as it was before. It may be very baby steps. Like we text each other, we don't call, which is strange, but it at least is there's recognition. I think on both parts, maybe some stubbornness too, that, uh, well, at least, uh, we don't want to be at a place someday where we just never talk or communicate, which is important. And I think that's great. I I applaud that person. It's
1: huge. Yeah. She's, (laughs) she's accepting your authentic self.
0: Mm-hmm. And I guess, in mine, accepting hers as well. Which sometimes it's interesting when, when we're not able to be our our authentic self with other people, whether in the workplace or otherwise, they don't know wh- where we're coming from, what our viewpoints are, what our boundaries are, what our values are, morals, etc. And I think to myself, you know, how dare they judge me or this or that or this? I'm like, well, shit, they don't, they don't know what they don't know. So it kind of goes the same way with me. I don't know where their boundaries are and and all of their beliefs. And I have to recognize that as well.
1: I guess we just don't always have to though, either. Like I was saying earlier, we don't need to know everything about everybody that we work with and they can still be authentic. Just, we just don't need to overshare.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, real quick story. There was somebody I worked with who used to do that. When someone would say, Hey, how was your weekend? Boy, he would overshare. And I'm like, uh dude <laughs> it's not, they're not really asking because they want to know they're just expecting you to say ah it was a good weekend and that's it but he felt comfortable good for him
1: <laughs> i'm sure he had some stories it sounds like he had stories to tell
0: yeah alcohol and drug related sadly but hey that was his life
2: <laughs> that's not good if you have to take a drug test for your job then you're talking about all the drugs you did over the weekend
0: yeah Yeah, i know well i guess he got (laughs) he stopped doing them when he got hired but then started again after he got hired
1: (laughs) oh yeah yeah when do you guys feel like either who are you with or what are you doing when you feel most at peace with yourself
2: you know what i'm doing meditating
1: in Ah. the yeah
2: that sounded like that could go in a really dirty direction (laughs) yeah that's when only, uh, a different M word
1: if you take it there.
2: And honestly, like re- <laughs> recently I've been not like maintaining my practice as much as I was. And you know, I think it's just a combination of different things and um mainly me not prioritizing it as much as I should have. That's my bad learning. Um, but it's like every time that I stop making it a priority, I lose a little bit of myself. And I'm still trying to regain that now, uh, but just shows the importance of the habits we create and sticking to things. And I think for some of us to operate at the level that we really want to, like what I would consider my authentic self, those are things that I have to incorporate into my life. But yeah, I mean, there's no maybe doing a hike or something in nature is when I feel... Most grounded. Um, When I'm meditating, I feel most at peace, which I consider to be my authentic self. Like I look at authentic self as our soul, our consciousness, not so much our human, the human part of us, but the energy that lives on. So when we can connect with that deeper part of our consciousness, that's when I feel like we're being most authentic because that's who we really are a lot of our human part you know it's ego and a facade and all that but when we connect to our soul that's when we're i imagine your authentic
1: self though with a brew playing darts
2: i can get down like that too no problem actually i've been golfing a lot so maybe maybe hitting a golf ball having a beer or something okay
0: no, it's funny. I have a lot of friends who play golf and that seems to be how they go about doing it. It's just out there with a the cooler. I, I used to play a little bit when I was younger, but I always thought it was more sport like when people did. It, it seems to be more leisure like. So I'm like, it can be get back into it.
1: It can be. It depends on who you're playing with. Yeah.
0: But it what just like seems m- it. more often than not, the ones that I know that play play it just to drink beer. <laughs> like, OK,
2: why not? Yeah, it's, sure. it's nice because it's something you can like. Obviously, you're out in nature and it's beautiful out there but it's something you can do like into your older years. That's what I like about it. You mean
1: like lose age?
2: (laughs) Well, well, and I was, in other words,
0: (laughs) where I'm going is you can't have a beer while you're playing basketball. You can't have a beer while you're playing most other sports. Well, I guess you could when you're not in the game, maybe, but (laughs) that seems to be something where you can actually incorporate that much more easily than other things. It (laughs)
1: Where's your safe space,
0: Lou? I'm sorry. But, uh, what was the question again?
1: <laughs> well, I said, where's your safe space? But we were talking about when you feel like
0: ah. who
1: you're with or what you're doing when you feel like you're most authentic.
0: Self. Ah, You know what? Actually, what the minute you asked that question, it brought to mind for me something that Kevin had mentioned earlier in terms of who we are around that can we perhaps can be more authentic with. And it oftentimes can be friends, not family. I have a best friend from college that I still keep in touch with on a very regular basis, even more so than my most of my own family members and that's really the only person I will say well there's there's could be a few others, but you know more often than not, since we have known each other, oh my goodness, what are we talking now? thirty plus years no, more than that thirty five shit, I'm getting old <laughs> uh, where yeah, I mean, we've experienced a lot together, we've been through a lot together. We were roommates together. I mean, there's just a lot there that I think the more you have that bond and the length of time that you build that friendship, you certainly feel more and more and more and more comfortable, even with things you, you may not share with family and other people. So to me, it's more who I'm with than, well, I guess that would also be a moment, right? Because the moments are.
1: Yeah. But I'm with you, I think who makes a difference. And I have a variety of friends that wouldn't all enjoy each other. And I'm true to myself, but I'm also different with each of them because they're so different. So Mm -hmm. it's a weird mix as to who or where
0: could be accomplished.
2: No, I can understand that
0: too. Yeah. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. And then it's not like you're not being yourself, but there's just many layers to you. And I think for a lot of, a lot of people that have put a lot of time and effort into themselves and building and growing, you develop multiple layers. You know, everything that you go through, every challenge you overcome, I feel like you add another layer and you're just able to connect in different ways with different people, emotionally, you mentally.
1: Just, you just made me feel so much better because sometimes I think, what why, what am I doing? <laughs> why do I have these friends? in all these weird pockets but that's why because i enjoy all of them for who and what they are and and i can thanks for that insight
0: i'm here to help yeah that's a good point because with some people there's actually some folks that bring joy and satisfaction and happiness to your life in certain ways and they can't in some ways but they can in others so you have a variety of friends to kind of fill all those gaps i like that that's a great story you shared nancy thank you
1: well and that's the catch right there i think what you just said Lou. so we'll wrap on that and that if you aren't feeling the joy and the connection of the people you're with or the place you're in look within for what brings you joy and find your true authentic self and where it belongs and with that we'll wrap today and leave you guys to um, listen to another episode soon and tell your friends to join our podcast
0: Bye for now.